Yeah, what is going on, everybody? We bike, we bike, we bike with another episode of From My Experience Podcast. I am your host, Rob, and I just want to say that I hope you are doing well because I am doing fantastic. Y'all already know I got my co-host with the most with me, Jessica. How you doing? <laughs> I am well, and how are you? Well, you're fantastic, clearly. <laughs> I am. I'm doing well. You've been a great. You supposed to sing back to me, but that's okay. We'll catch you next time. I am doing well. Ooh, that was like a a plethora of octaves. (laughs) Not a plethora. Oh my goodness. Uh, y'all already know how we do. Shout out to everyone who supports the show on Instagram, FME underscore podcast. Thank you all for also joining the Facebook group and engaging in conversation there from my experience podcast on Facebook. Like the page, join the group. Don't forget about our affiliates down there in the description. We have Garner's Garden. If you want natural skin care and oral health care products, we also have Acre Gold. If you want to invest in gold bars, it's a monthly subscription. We also have Retro Mimi for those retro gamers like me, pocket size gaming on the go, and our newest affiliate, Black Water, that is BLK Water. It's water that's actually black. Check those links out and get you some uh, good products. I've used them all, except for Retro Mimi, but I've used them all and I was very satisfied with my experience. So please do that. Now, <laughs> we have been blessed and we have been on a roll lately with fantastic guests and today is no ex- exception um make sure that you have a pen a pencil to write down some of these gems because i know i know i know i know we're gonna get some gems from this wonderful young lady ladies and gentlemen today we have with us mm, a Broadway actress who currently lives in Los Angeles, California, and she is writing and developing her own projects currently. Ladies and gentlemen, Miss Shante Carmel. Woo! Yay! What's going on? Thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored. This is my first podcast. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be a good one just from the pre-show that everybody missed i feel like there's gonna be a lot of good conversation going on this afternoon hey look i'm with good people so let's do it i'm ready <laughs> all right so i have to start with this <clears throat> in in my research of you i saw that you fell in love with ballet dancing and singing at the age of five Yes, I did. Um, yeah, I started dance really early doing ballet tap. I went to this dance school in Lamert Park called uh, Dance Wonderland. Um, and it was so much fun. Me and my little sister, we took dance forever together. Um, and then I ended up teaching uh, over at Blue Dancering Company, which then got taken over by Dada, Debbie Allen Dance Academy. Um, yeah, I mean, I love it. I love it all. I took my first, actually, I took my first musical tour uh, with the Crenshaw High School Elite Choir. Um, shout out to Iris Stevenson, who really got me started on this path. Uh, at eight years old, I was a feature soloist. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, I started really, really, really young. Yeah, um, 
I did see that. I, this is what blew my mind because we talked a lot. Jessica's um, Instagram name is Exposure. Exposure is a play on words. And we talk about exposure a lot and exposing our young people to things. So you traveled the world before the age of 13. Oh, yeah. I had already been, by the time I was like, oh, maybe 15, I had been to Europe three times already traveling traveling with um the crenshaw high school elite choir i'm under the you know with iris stevenson she took the choir everywhere the actually the movie sister act mm -hmm. two is based on her her coming wow. into crenshaw high school and exposing the kids and making them a choir and putting the choir together and then taking that choir winning competitions and traveling all over the world wow, wow. <laughs> Yep. So I want to hop in really quickly because what impressed me the most with your story um, is how many disciplines you have. Like I am a creative artist and um, I dibble and dabble in, in a lot of different things, but I'm like, sis does ballet, dance, acting, theater, film, vocal, classical drama, um, just so many varying disciplines. And uh, how how do you hone, hone in? Like, how do you, what, what's your process when you're going from each discipline? Um, how do you move through that and then still honor like your, like who you are, what you want to bring to the table? You know, over the years, finding what I really loved has been, it's, it's ever changing. So I did start in dance, but I would no, at no point could call myself a dancer <laughs> anymore. <laughs> I'm a singer who moves well. Okay. <laughs> that I fit into, I'm not ashamed of it. Yes, I can pick up a routine, but all of the, the things that you see, real ballerinas, real ball, I'm not, that's not me anymore. Got you. <laughs> I moved out of that. You know, the transition really happened when, and when I went to college. Um, I didn't go to a school that had a musical theater major. So, okay. like theater, dance, music, pick one. And I tried to do dance and theater, but all the classes kind of clashed with each other. So I couldn't do both of the majors. So I ended up, once I saw the other girls too, when I got to college, I was like, oh, this is what y'all doing? I <laughs> 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 saw them frolicking like, about. <laughs> Gracefully, I said, no, sign me out. I said, no, 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 no. I said, this is definitely not my journey. Um, blessed to have grown up in the discipline of dance because what it does do is it teaches you how to discipline yourself, you know, coming to class, learning a medium, uh, being able to uh, pick up, uh, understand your body. You know, dance is really about, uh, fundamentally about understanding the way your body moves and movement. Um, and learning that at an early age, especially if you want to be an actor, is extremely important. Um, even when I went to, when I switched to the theater school, we had movement classes. Hmm. You know, so we understand how the body moves so we can embody characters um, from head to toe. Because everybody walks different. Right. 
know, everybody kind of, you know, you want to be, how does a crackhead walk? How does a, how does a woman who's really sexy walk? How does a woman who's kind of a tomboy walk? So all of that, being able to embody a character is all, is all physicality. So you really do need to understand your body and the way it moves. So you can bring a physicality to different characters that you're playing. Um, I also, during college, I had a record deal. So I was really into oh. music. Really? Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Your response? Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> what? Right. You know, I think about it and I'm like, how did I do all of these things at one time? Yeah. Um, which is like, I look back and I go, wow, I was like really, really, really busy. At the time, it just kind of, I was just kind of like, okay, did, did I do this? Then I leave college and I go back, I drive back to LA and I spend the weekend in the studio, come back to school. Um, but I also learned that I love music. I love music, but there is a beauty, uh, a gift to being a musical artist, mm -hmm. to being someone like Erica Badu, to being someone like Jill Scott, to being a Beyonce, really bringing your artistry and creating you who you are. and. I was not in love with that process. What I did know with musical theater is that I could mimic well. Uh -huh. You know, somebody could give me a character and I can go, okay, I can build the character from what you've already written and I could sing and develop things that way. That made more sense to me to become a character within a story than it did to just, I mean, Erica Badu has created an essence. She, there is, there's, how did she do this? She yeah. just, became authentically this beautiful aura of a thing that people are gravitate towards. And I'm like, I'm, I'm just a normal old black girl from the hood. <laughs> I don't know you're definitely not normal. Um, you're extraordinary with some of the things that you've done. Um, yes. I want to, I want to touch back on your music. Um, I dabbled in that field a little bit. Um, and I, there was just a lot of things to navigate. Um, I used to write, but it was mentally taxing for me personally. It brought a, a lot of emotion. So I know what you mean. Like just to hear like, you know, what artists sing about and talk about that takes a lot. Like a lot of that comes from personal experience and things of that nature. So what are some of the things that helped you get into that creative space when it comes to just writing? Because I see that you you prov provided music for movies and shows and things of that nature. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the things we wrote about were, were being young teenage girls. Um, I think we had a song on uh, the Jamie Foxx movie, Sweet Like Candy, Sweet Like Candy, Baby. <laughs> oh. <laughs> It's just like, you know, little teeny bopper stuff, you know, so we could do things like that. And then um, we wrote a song for Save the Last Dance, that movie. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I was not writing alone. Mm -hmm. Writing never came easy to me when it came to the medium of music. Now, I write scripts. I write, oh. I'm writing a book right now. Um... And as difficult as those things are, I'm, I invest, I, my, I'm, it makes more sense to me in my brain. It is very difficult to take, to take uh, your emotions and drop them into 16 bars. Yes. <laughs> like everything I'm feeling is not going to fit in 16 bars. <laughs> right. I, I monologue to tell <laughs> how I'm feeling. <laughs> 
and I have to make it catchy. No, none of this is gonna rhyme. It's not gonna <laughs> rhyme. <laughs> yeah, the rhyming part would be like, hmm. <laughs> and I have to be clever. Oh man. So I'm clever, but just in a different way. But you have to try all of these different things. You know, you talk about exposure. I had an opportunity to try all these different things and say, no, actually, this is where I fit. And, and figured that out, everything fell into place. And musical theater was the thing that I was like, I get this. I get singing my heart out on stage, belting from my diaphragm and telling a story of these dream girls, telling the story of Martha Reeves, telling the story of Nala. Like that makes sense to me. I can tap into that um, and, I, and do it effectively, I think. <laughs> I'm like smiling again. Like I'm known for smiling behind, I think, the microphone. Cause I just hear these stories and I'm like, wow, that's like that's it. Like that's the to take something so complex and then finding your own path in it. I think that that is um where a lot of people struggle. They 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 think that because I um I'm talent I have a talent or a skill in one discipline that that's just what I'm supposed to be doing. But for you to break that apart and say like but that's not where I was called. Like, it's yes. a little bit of a tweak. It's a little bit of a different um, uh, skill set. And I'm more passionate about this. And this is where I want to hone and focus my energy uh, instead of just when you are talented and when you are creative, you have so much, so much is boiling up. And you have to kind of come, like, dissect that and say, yeah, I can do this, but this is what I'm passionate about. This is what I I want to even be better at. And this is where I want to funnel my energy. And so just hearing you talk about it and like the expression on your face uh, as you shift from those mediums, talk, just, just talking about it, it is like, yeah, I can see that your passion is there and that that's where your purpose lies. So I mean, I've literally, I've had like moments of being in a studio for hours. I love the studio, I really do. But writing in the studio to me sometimes, sometimes got, was miserable. I was like, I, I'm not good at this. I'm not coming up with anything. It's late um, and I'm a night owl, but I just, and I, you could take that same experience and put me in a 99 seat theater in a house where nobody is even showing. And I am like having the time of my life. It, mm -hmm. it, it's like night and day, like um, just really going back to exposure. And, um, you know, I'm so passionate about kids because I always feel like if, especially, you know, people of color, if we were exposed to more things, people would be able to find their passions earlier on in life. But sometimes we're only as exposed to a limited amount of opportunity. Right. And so when we fall in, you know, basketball, football, baseball, mm. if I'm not good at those three sports, maybe I'm not good at sports. Or life. And it and it's a trickle down. It's like. Right. But how come you can't be great at fencing? Right. Know if you're going to be great at fencing because you weren't exposed to it or being an equestrian or being a squash player. Do you even know what squash is? You know right. what I mean? I've seen you know, other uh, people of other races excel at sports where you don't necessarily have to be the biggest or the, you know. The fastest, strongest. None of that. And they still go on to win Olympic gold medals. 
Right. They've been exposed to those sports that make them feel like they can conquer the world. And I think that that's important in our young people, exposed to something, even in theater. When I go to theater, theaters across the country, behind the scenes, they're not a lot of us back there. Right. I'm talking about the, the rigors and the grips and the people doing uh, the stage managers, the company managers, they are, there are not a lot of people of color behind the scenes because we don't even realize that maybe I'm not the best actor on stage, but yeah, I know how to make this whole set. Right. I know how to build this whole thing. I, the carpenters, you know right. what I'm saying? And I'm telling you, our carpenters make more money in theater than anybody. Ooh. Wow. Yeah. That, that, <laughs> that, are cleaning up. The people on our crews made more money than half of the artists. Wow. Uh, I need to look up trade schools after this interview. Um, <laughs> you, but, like, you exposure. Yeah, that, that exposure. And it, I'm glad you said that. I didn't even think about that. Um, I, a friend and I, shout out to Shannon Ugly um, and Janelle Marvin, my two uh, co-workers when we, I was starting my career in elementary school. We started a theater club at our elementary school. They had all these schools have stages, they have a backstage area, they have dressing rooms, and no theater program. The kids just go up there for awards. And I'm like, we were like, uh, let's let's do this. And I did notice that a lot of kids that look like us, our black and brown children, a lot of them didn't want to try out for it. A lot of them didn't want to do it. Um, and so like the second year I started recruiting, I was like, Hey, you know, you're funny in class and there's a character in the play. They only have about five or six lines, but I want you to try this or, Hey, you draw really well. I want you to help us with the set design and costume design. So I started placing them in different roles because, you know, as a kid, they don't like standing up in front of anybody anyway. So, um, just exposing them to that. And then hearing years later that they still remember. You know, those kids, fourth and fifth grade, I saw some of them, you know, when they were in high school and they're like, well, Mr. Wilson, I remember when one, two, three, four, five. I'm like, you remember that? I barely remember that. But that's, I'm glad I exposed you to something. So you're right about that exposure piece. Yeah. I mean, there are girls who I saw in high school who could beat a face like no other. I'm like, how are these girls so dang good in makeup? Now, mind <laughs> you, that is not my gift. It's not something <laughs> I'm called to do. I can't color in the lines. I'm not that type of an artist at all mm -hmm. but where's the program that shows those girls how to get into a union because you know once again you go behind the scenes at some of these major movie sets as well and they're not a whole lot of us doing makeup they're not a whole lot of us doing hair even though we got the best hairstylists in the country you yes. know what i'm right because you don't know how to get in. There's a lot of nepotism. There's a lot of different things that prevent you from getting into those correct unions to be able to become successful in that area. Tell us about your experience at Cambridge. <laughs> I saw that and I thought of that commercial from the 90s. <laughs> I'm not going to say it because I'm telling my Cambridge. age. Yes. <laughs> I played Hamlet at Cambridge. <laughs> you remember? One thing about theater, um, sprite commercial. It was a Sprite commercial. Yeah, it was a Sprite commercial. Yep. Best commercials ever made. Cause they're like, yeah, drink Sprite, do it now. What? 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 What's my motivation? <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
give them a motivation. <laughs> theater people are my favorite. So a couple of, I guess, I've done three plays um, in the last four years. Mm-hmm. Um, and in doing that as an adult, like I, I did some theater um, as a child. And as an adult, just being around theater people it is the most unique experience and it made me feel so normal for once like just in my own exposure i realized that i like i probably belong with these people because they will break out into the most random voices and it's like they just it's uh watching a screen and and the curtain coming down and then back up and it's a whole nother person and it's like Every time there's all of these unique like skill sets all balled up and they're just so bold in and expressive in that. Um, that was my favorite part of just being in those plays. Like every day I would walk in, it would be say 10 people. But by the end, I have talked to 25 people because all 10 morphed and became somebody else in the middle of <laughs> in the middle of the performance and then came back. <laughs> it's just it's a very interesting group of people. So just in this conversation, I've I've noticed that in you uh, how how the roles just come up. They yes. pop up, they go away, they pop up, they go away. And in I don't know. I love it. Uh, yeah, we're crazy. <laughs> we are y'all are crazy. And it's I'm not even juices. on the level. I'm not trying to put myself on your level at all. I yeah. just it is an interesting piece. Like it's like, oh, and then you go from one thing to the next thing to the, so. Yes, that, that, I mean, and it, it, when there's a bunch of us together, oh boy, hold on to your seats. Yes. <laughs> and so is theater your favorite discipline? Musical what theater. Is, your, is Musical theater, yes. Musical theater. I mean, but I like it all. I, I, I probably would say I like it all pretty equally. I, I started in film and television. I started in television. Um, I was reoccurring on a different world as a kid. Um, and then I did a bunch of TV stuff before I went to school and got really heavy into theater um, and really understanding um, a lot of things that, that, I, that I was just like never really taught in theater class, you know? I just got to explore the the medium a lot more. Um, loved going to Cambridge. We we the program I was in at Cambridge was so dope. I got to see, um, go to all the theaters. So we went to like the Globe Ooh. in London. We went to Stratford-upon-Avon where the Royal Shakespeare Company plays. Um, that's where Shakespeare's house is. Um, it, it was just, it, it was it was just dope. You know, I got to study magical realism, uh, some theater. And, but I mean, mind you, I was like 20 and a teen, kind of just a teenager. And <laughs> you can drink at 18 over there. Hey. So there's a lot of partying going. <laughs> you were living your best life. Yeah. Safe to say. Because like, Cambridge is like a, a small little town out like two hours outside of London. Um, and they've got a train that shoots straight up to London that you can catch. So me and my best friend were actually, she was a, she was at the in the theater program at UCLA, and I was in the theater program at UC Santa Barbara. So we would we would just be in London every weekend. <laughs> Must That's be nice. The best part of Europe 
you can get on a train and go anywhere. Like any, like there's so many different places that connects to. If we had more money, we'd have hopped on that fast train to Paris, but we were young and poor. <laughs> Just lucky to be over there. <laughs> so, but yeah, it was, it was really cool. It was really dope. Um, definitely. I will never forget. So in the, in the globe, at the globe theater, you, um, it, it's styled exactly how it's always been. So there, there's a row, there's, there's like maybe three rows of seats, maybe five rows of seats, and then everyone else stands. Mm. And like, you know, Richard III is the show, the play that I saw there. And like, Richard III is three hours. So you're standing for three standing hours. For three hours. That's how it's always been. That's how it's always been. And um, thankfully, we ended up squinching in and getting some seats. <laughs> Like by the skin of our, like just get in here, girls. <laughs> but wow. yeah, it, it's quite an experience. It's quite an experience um, going there and seeing that and being able. I take to it those seats are very expensive, or is it? You know, I think it was a part of the program, so oh. we didn't pay for to get in there. I think it was a part of whatever the the, the abroad program I was in. Um, yeah, uh, the, uh, the, the theater uh, in Stratford upon Avon was really beautiful. Royal Shakespeare Company, they did Twelfth Night, um, which is an amazing uh, Shakespeare play. It was just, it was, it was an interesting experience to be there. What do you still travel often? Ooh, well, I spent the last five years on tour. Ooh, wow. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I actually had... <laughs> Before COVID, I hadn't spent more than two days home in LA in almost two years. What? Wow. <laughs> and I love to travel. So when when I, I am always fond of people that travel because my family and my friends, they're like, you're always gone. And I'm like, no, I know people that are really gone. And when you meet those people, I'm just like, tell me more because... <laughs> I I want to know what you do because that is that is like my thing. Like I I love love travel. In the past five years, I started I started with Motown the musical, and then I toured with them for a year, and then we went back to Broadway, and then we closed on Broadway, and then I Dirty Dancing picked me up, so I toured with Dirty Dancing for almost a year, and then I had a little hiatus, and then I was on the first national tour of Waitress. Um, the Sarah Borelli's musical, and then Lion King stole me from Waitress, and then I had been with Lion King for almost two years. I gotta pause you for one second because I, I just like how you just said Broadway and just tried to keep going over that. <laughs> First of all, damn! <laughs> Thank you. Thank got, you. I'm glad you said that. I'm like, I'm like, I'm ch I'm normally more chatty, but I'm just like, I'm so absorbed into you right now. How? What was that? So, what was the transition from you know college? Obviously, you're sharpening and honing your skills to making it to Broadway and getting oh. in some very note. Like, I don't know theater worth Jack. I was in a couple plays in college, so I kind of feel what Jessica was talking about being around theater people. I love y'all as well. But when I was looking at the plays that you were a part of, I was like, oh, <laughs> like I know these and I'm the person who knows nothing. So uh, that was really big for me. So what what were some of those experiences like in auditioning and things of that nature? Okay, I'm gonna tell you my favorite audition story. Yes. You guys ready? Yes, oh. I am. So first of all, this didn't none of this happened overnight. 
And when Motown picked me up, I went on a run for five years and it was great. But it took me X amount of years to get to that point. Mm-hmm. Okay? And none of it was easy. And I've spent my fair share in regional theater and not making it to Broadway for a really long time. Um, let me just say that it did not happen overnight. I'm glad but- you said that because there's a lot of people who think that it does. Um, yeah. So I'm glad you, you keep it real with them. Some people it does, though. Some people make it immediately. But if, you know, for whatever reason, I it didn't quite, it didn't click. I had things to learn. I had to get better. I had to whatever. Um, when I came out of college, my first job, I worked for Disney Cruise Lines. So a um, lot of training there, working six days a week, living out on a cruise ship, living in the Caribbean. Amazing. <laughs> The that food, was, the culture. My God, oh. the men, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> the men's. Oh my God. The men's. Um, it was great. Um, and then when I came home, I actually got on the national tour of Rent. And I played, I did Rent for two years, non-equity. So what that means is I could wake up at 6 a.m., load onto the bus, we drive to the next city, and then we start a show and do a show that night. So they get one-nighters. And that was my life for like Ooh. two years. It was very hard. Um, and then I came home and uh, got into like some regional dream girls plays. I was like, okay, I'm on a roll. I'm on a roll. I'm running. And then I thought I had my big break. I got cast in this TV show, this this web series called Buffy's. Um, I with, saw that. Yeah. With, Ali and Robin Thede, both household names now, right? Right. Say oh, say those names again. Say one more again. Uh, Tatiana Ali, which you all know from the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, whom we love and adore, whom I love and adore. Uh, And Robin Thede, who I also love and adore. Um, She's done the rundown with Robin Thede. She's in the The black Black comedy skit show. Uh huh. That's her. Yep. Girl sketch comedy show. Um, So it was the three of us. We were like the three female leads or whatever to this web series. BET picked it up. We thought we, I thought they were going to make it into a TV show and I was winning. And then they didn't. <laughs> and then it was like... <laughs> Freaking BET. Back to the drawing board. But that's the, that's the business. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't work for a really long time. And um, then I was like so poor <laughs> working at two gyms because I really love fitness. I was working at a 24-hour fitness graveyard because I was like, I have to be available for auditions. So I was working the graveyard shift. And then I was working at another like uppity, like Equinox type gym that's out here in LA. And mm-hmm. I I go, I go to the callback. My agent calls me. He's like, oh, da, 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 whatever. So I see the, the Motown people twice. And then weeks go by, weeks. And I'm like, I didn't get it. And then finally, 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 I get a call from my agent and he's like, so Barry Gordy is going to want to meet with you (laughs) sometime this week. We don't know when. It could never happen. That was my agent at the time. We don't know. This could probably never happen. This was Monday. And I'm like, okay. Then we get the call and he's like, okay, he wants to see you on Wednesday at his house in Bel Air, which is amazing. Oh, people can't see me. So I got to stop doing that. (laughs) (laughs) We see you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I get there, 
I sing dancing in the street. I do all the sides. And then he has me sing dancing in the street one more time. And he sits back and it's just me and a company on the piano, his assistant and him. That's it. That's it. He sits back and he looks at me and he goes, okay, you won. Huh. It was, when I tell you it was the, the definitive moment in my career. And his assistant goes, stop, you can't say that to her. We'll call your people. <laughs> she hating. She was hating a little. Um, gotta love her though. So then I leave, I leave, I walk outside. I'm like, okay, thank you, Mr. Gordy. Thank you so much. And I'm walking to my car. And then this 80 something year old man comes running after me. What? To give me notes like, yo, at the end, can you do this better? Can you? And I'm like, I can do whatever you need me to do, Mr. <laughs> right. That would have been my response. <laughs> and also never feel like you have to run after me because I would could have just stayed. <laughs> but I think I was like, yes, Mr. Gordy, of course I could do that. I could do whatever, you know? And I just get back in my car. I drive down his very long labyrinth of a driveway. And I just, I lose my shit. I'm just like, like, so that was Wednesday. Uh-huh. I get the call Thursday that they want to bring me onto the show. And I have to be packed and ready to start minimum a six-month contract and on a plane by Saturday. Dang! They move quick! Moves quick. You ain't get no two-week wow. notice at your jobs? No. <laughs> no, I did Because I did actually really love my job. Mm -hmm. At the time, I had just uh, I had just uh, certified to be a trainer, and they had paid for it because they had like really believed in me. And I was like, "Yo, I gotta start." I said, "I gotta move up. I gotta start making more money. I think I'd make a really great trainer." So they sponsored me to become a personal trainer, and I had just gotten my training certificate. Um, oh man! And <laughs> took, them, took them my contract, mm. and, I, and I set them down, and I said, "Look." Here's my contract for the next job I got. I can't give two weeks. I said, I have to go tomorrow. This is my last day. And the guy just looked at me and he said, I said, but I promise when this job is over, I'll come back. And he looked at me and he said, never come back here. Oh, wow. He said, the only reason you should come back here is to be a member. Hmm. And I never, I never had to go back. They wanted Not you to win. All right, then COVID hit. I might be knocking, knocking on that door. <laughs> so I know you said to never come back. Okay. My certificate's still good. But every year is closed. <laughs> so. Wow. So are you in any projects right now um, with COVID? Or you can't talk about it? Or are we going to get an exclusive? What does that face mean? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I want to know too. Say who? I can't say who, but I will tell you. Okay. Me and two of my amazing girlfriends wrote a TV show. Okay, so that's exclusive. Oh. We'll take it. Hey, y'all got <laughs> see. This is why we love y'all from my experience podcast. We're being looked at right now by somebody who has been a mentor in my life unbeknownst to her. Did I say that word right? Yes. <laughs> like, she's just like, she's that chick. But, so, you So know. stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. Stay, stay tuned. tuned. <laughs> I got it. That we'll have, we, we get to have you back when you, all of this news drops. Please, please, please. <laughs>
You can drop that dead when I can drop that deadline on you. Yes. Like, yes. It's real. It's official. <laughs> now, this is a question I definitely want to ask you. I have uh, quite a few friends. Um, shout out to my boy Carl Van CV. This question is for you, bro. Um, that have, I guess they find difficulty in writing, writing a script or coming up with a concept for a show or a movie and seeing it through. So do you have any tips or could you share some parts of your process? You know, for me, I, I, I used to, I come up with the same thing, um, which is why when I decided to do the show that I'm doing now, I wrote it with two other writing partners because that creates accountability. Hmm. You know, and um, then you're not doing it alone and you guys are kind of holding each other responsible for bringing it all together, setting deadlines. Um, if you guys know any Virgo women, <laughs> they're very smart. Virgos. Shout out to Virgos. Look, my life is surrounded by Virgo women who always get it done. Uh, I'm a crazy fire sign Sagittarius who's kind of has a million ideas. Are you sad? December 17th. Oh, December 19th. Oh, hey, I'm in another sedge. <laughs> um, who kind of, I have a million ideas. <laughs> and sometimes, uh, because I have so many, it, it, the follow through sometimes falls off. But I link with two other, with my two other uh, writing partners and they just, they're on it, you know? And it was easier for me to stay accountable to what I needed to bring to the table because I wasn't doing it alone. And that's my, I mean, if you're having a hard time finishing, I would say find a writing partner. Find somebody who's as passionate about it as you are. Um, somebody that you trust to not steal your shit and go. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, you know, hold each other accountable to finishing. Set deadlines, do your research. You know, we, we embarked on something that neither, none of us had ever done before. You know, none of us had ever, uh, that's a lie. I've done it before, twice. Um, <laughs> Don't you hate when you do that? Like when, we, when you find yourself um, down talking yourself, like in those moments when you recognize, no, I have done it. It's I've, just like I've evolved in it. Yeah, um, that, yeah, that's a lie. And so has, so have both of those other girls. Um, but this was just a good fit. It's your first time together. It was our first time. That makes it different. Together. Right. I think sometimes we, we, it feels so different from the last time that it feels like a first, yeah. but it's just that we're evolving. Like we're not that I've never done it before. You've never done it before. It's just evolution and you're getting better. And, and being around like-minded people. So I, these two women are as passionate about what we do as I am. They're, they're also actor, actresses and, um, writers um one has been in multiple sketch comedy groups the other young lady uh shout out to my writing partners frederica meek and carla mosley whom i love dearly <laughs> them um one girl is like a super successful actress she's like she was like on bold and the beautiful for years and years and years but both of the ladies just completely down to earth uh for all of the all the things that they've accomplished just and just easy just wanting to do the work wanting to do the work, you know, it, it, which is important. It's, it's important, you know? Yes. Uh, it's very important. We were talking about that earlier today, doing the work. You can't skip over that. Like mm -hmm. you, you just have to do the work and figure it out and take a step. And, and like you said, have people that you can throw that off of and be accountable with. And I think everybody's looking for 
the savior and the savior is yourself. Like we, we are like, we have to do the work and we have to put in the work and you meet people that align with that or you don't, but the work still needs to be done. I'll tell you, um, I was, I, I go to this place called the ashram. It's like a hiking retreat. And maybe like three or four years ago, I was there and I was there with Queen Latifah and, um, her manager, her long-term manager. And, uh, I got a chance to talk with him a lot. I know it's such a random story. Uh, <laughs> the best advice, I actually quote him in my book. I tell this story about him in my book because it was some of the best advice I could ever get. You know, you see people like that and you're like, put me on. How can I come? How can I be down? How can you, you know, pull me up? How come we don't ever pull each other up as black people? You know, I mean, I didn't say it to him like that, but I was like, you know, it would be great if I could work with, you know, and he was like, you know, here's the thing. You're already surrounded by talented people that are on your level you need to connect with those people, become a unit, and then all of you guys come up together. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? It's like you look at these camps that all make it together because mm -hmm. they, one person wasn't super famous and then they brought everybody up. They stayed the course as a team together. And mm -hmm. I thought that that was so, such an invalu invaluable lesson um, just because it was true. I'm around some of the most talented people who are just right here. You know, we're all just kind of bordering this next level. We're almost to the next level, but how do we get to that next level? Okay, let's collapse. Mm -hmm. um, what I did with uh, some of my money from the touring was I invested in my dope friends. Wow. Mm. That was a nugget, people. If you didn't want to if that was the part you write down, investing yeah. in your circle, investing yep. in the people that you see the light in. Yes. That is the key. Because yes. <laughs> yeah, if I see it, I know I'm going to get other people to see it. And I was in shows with people who were great, but cre creative, creatively, creatively, the, the, the women that I'm working with are, are just, ugh. Yeah, just ooze talent and creativity, you know. Um, and then and they're also just I say easy is the wrong word, but when you're working with open, they're open. Mm, yes, open to the possibility. Mm. You know, you have to work with people who are, who don't get stuck, who are able to take. You know, I yes, I have an idea in mind, but I'm still open. If you bring something doper. You know, I have to acknowledge that that's that's that trumps what I did. All right, all right, I've had it. Okay, that trumps now. Let's let that's what a collaboration is about. Mm -hmm. Staying open and finding what's going to be the dopest thing. You know what I'm saying? So, Jim, Jim drop. I just I feel like he's like jackpots of gems all of a sudden. These are <laughs> like, definitely ding, 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 ding. for like I'm just everything you're saying is literally where i am in my life like looking at this is another thing that's hard for people you got to reevaluate your circle sometimes because if the circle is not moving and you're moving it might be time to join and connect with another circle and like the people it's very funny not even a year ago not even a year ago the people that i'm the closest and tightest with we weren't even really conversing like that a year ago right, right. Be because i moved 
they started, like you said, they started seeing, and then they started attaching, and we started talking, we started collaborating. The openness, oh my gosh, we talk about this so much with people, nah, I can't tell you that. Nah, nah, what, what you talking about over there? Nah, you ain't ready for this. Okay, but if you, you're just keeping it to yourself, you already not making it, so that's not really doing anything for you. But when you're open, people can point things out and say, hey, that's awesome. Have you ever thought about doing this and then connecting it with this? And it's like, oh, snap. Yes, that let's, just made my life easier. <laughs> let's do that. Let's do that. Let's do, I mean, the girls that I'm working with, I've known, we've known each other for 15 years. I met both of them doing different shows. One I met doing a 99 seat theater show here in LA and the other girl I met doing Dream Girls in uh, Texas, at Houston in Texas. Um, and I think when we walked out of our last big meeting, one of the girls looked at me and she said, if you'd have told me 15 years ago that you and I would be creating a show together and this would be the outcome, Aww. I'd have, yeah, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I was like, I know. I mean, and once again, I will say this over things are changing for all three of us as women in the world. Um, finding what we're good at, finding out, finding what we love. And that love can change you guys. You may love being on stage one day and only want to be behind the scenes another. You know, you may love, uh, you may really want to be on television and then really find love in producing or directing or, you know, it like, it, it, don't be afraid to be open to what is really authentic to you mm -hmm. and what brings you the most joy. You know, being on stage sometimes isn't can can sometimes not be as fulfilling as it used to be. You the know, growth, the growth. Jessica, yeah. you, you got a burning question. I see it. <laughs> I'm just loving listening to like the the nuggets of like evolution, and and it's okay to evolve. It's okay to be open. It's okay to your your mind to change and I think that a lot of times that people just get stuck in in that where they're not wanting to because you we create these like um these ideas of what we think we should be doing because I've always done this or I've done this for so long that it's it's too it's too late to change and as you evolve as people I think it's just beautiful to watch um and and also to it to be reaffirmed to myself and everyone listening that you can change. Like you are the master writer in your life. You are the master creator in your life. And so if that's starting to feel a little bit like a chore, like you can write it out, you can paint over it, you can create um, the image that you, you want and not just a superficial image, but really the life that you want. Um, not really my question, but it just inspired me to say that, uh, just listening to you. But my, I guess, um, I think my last question is a while back, you mentioned this is your, before COVID you had for the last five years, you had been traveling and not been home for more than two days. And so what is your COVID lesson? I think that all of us have been shaken up um, in this pandemic in some way. 
Um, some of us have had to be still. Some people are working from home. You have people teaching their kids. Like there's so many different lessons that COVID has just kind of said, hey, I need for you to pay attention to this. I need for you to like look at this a little bit closer in detail. And so what has what has this season, um, what's your biggest lesson in this chapter? Oh my gosh. So first of all, um, I was so happy when, I wasn't happy that COVID happened, but to be able to come home, I had just bought a house in December and I hadn't slept in it for more than a night. Mm. So I came home in March and I hadn't been in my home. I hadn't unpacked boxes. I hadn't done any of that. Like I was a stranger in my own house. Um, I, I was happy to come home. I didn't know it would be for this long, but um, what I have learned through life, through life is that, and this is just from my own personal, um, that God has got me. Mm-hmm. And to be still and always listen. Um, there is a reason for everything and it's up to you to remain diligent in whatever it is that you're doing. So before COVID hit, I had projects already that I was working on back home, back here doing, I was already doing some meetings with my friends. We were writing every, every, every couple of weeks. We were, we had, we had been writing this script for almost a year, um, before it all hit. So by the time we got this break, we were really able to solidify everything, come together, finish it. Um, With acting, if this is something that you wanna do, you always have to be doing multiple things at one time. If that makes any sense, like it's never about the one thing. If you're an actress, if you're an actor, you're a hustler. Always have multiple things going on, um, I think. (laughs) <laughs> I do real estate as well. So I own a piece of property. Um, I was able to come home and really manage those a lot better than I had been managing them from the road. Um, always have try to find a way to have multiple streams of revenue, multiple streams of income. I'm sorry, income. Uh, COVID was a blessing for me. Same. Don't feel bad. Don't make that I, face. Yeah, it, listen. I, was say, I think it's over, like at least for the the dreamers and the growers, we have so much going on, and we're constantly on the next thing and this thing and hustling and doing and doing and doing that it feels so good um, to to bring it down. And like I'm going through that process right now because I actually had COVID. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I got, I tested positive for COVID. And so right now I am actually in quarantine. And I just talked to Rob about that today. This has been the best experience. Like after I got through the health ramifications of it and I knew that I was doing better and my health was improving, just mentally, emotionally, physically, like I'm getting teary eyed now thinking about it because I was killing myself, like in a way, like I was, I was doing a process that my ego would not accept was no longer working for me. And I was just going and going and doing and forcing. And like, it was like, when I look at her and that was two weeks ago, two and a half weeks ago, 
that person was just like hitting her head against a wall, forcing pieces. And now I am just such in a season of attraction. Like I am being, I am doing the things that are pleasing to my heart. I have dialed it back. I have cut out pieces that just were not serving me to my ultimate good. And like all of that, I mean, we're talking two weeks of major growth here that is shifting me. Like, I feel like the Super Mario, like when you eat the mushroom, it's like, and like you all, all, all of a sudden I have like, I have grown like drastically just by sitting still and getting and having chats with God and listening to the stillness. And like, there's no one there. There's no filler. There's nothing. And like, this is just, I could have done this. We all could have done this before, but we didn't because I think, again, ego, just the way we're wired, you're just trying to keep going. And when you're forced to be still, you look at things a little bit differently. And so, like, as I get back to my, um, the ability, I know I told Rob, I'm going to have to go out in the world, but I feel so much more equipped for the world and a better version. Like the world is going to get the better version of me. Like when I go out, then just being in this time. So, uh, totally can relate to, to hearing you say that. And like, Rob, you've also affirmed that, um, we have to be still having a season of doing the things I want to do versus doing the things I have to do. Right. Right. and that just, uh, it, there is a huge difference in that. Yes. Major difference. Every day. Um, you know, you, with musical theater, you you work six days a week. You do eight shows a week. So you're living, breathing. You're in your show clothes probably more than you're in regular clothes. Um, and that's just your life. It consumes your whole life. And you try to fit in the things that you want to do around all of those things, Right. You try to fit it all in, but at the end of the day, you're on that hamster wheel. Show after show after show after show after show, and you have to show up. And there's so much discipline that goes into musical theater, especially because, you know, vocally, there's not, like, I don't usually talk a lot when I'm performing eight shows a week. I got, because I have to save it. I have to say, this muscle is so fragile. You know, I got to save it for, to belt eight shows a week. So it's um, definitely, you know, I don't know. I was, I'm just happy to be home. I mean, like, if, you guys, I live in L.A. Yeah. So <laughs> the weather's always good. You know, I'm traveling around the rest of the country, and I'm like, why don't people live here? Like, where do you guys live here? <laughs> I'm in South. I'm in, I'm about to say, I'm in, in South Carolina. I'm not You're even down. in South Carolina anymore. I'm in Virginia. So much weather. Those places have so much weather. Yes. L.A., we have weather. I think it got down to, like, 55 the other day, and I had a whole attitude. <laughs> <laughs> Um, LA, get it together. This is not the fall that I planned on. I still have my shorts out, so figure that out for me. So, you know, I do want to say before I, before it goes out of my mind, uh, Leslie Odom Ju- Leslie Odom Jr. wrote a book called Failing Up. Hmm. It is a great read. It's not a long read, but it is a great read. And when you want to, when you talk about dropping nuggets and gems and Things of that nature. This book is like I'm gonna read you guys some of the quotes. Story time with from my experience podcast. But um, 
like she said, you know, COVID, it's funny. It's been a blessing for me as well. Actually, God answered a prayer I've been praying since 2015. I asked him to remove anyone or anything that is not helping me move forward with my goals, dreams, and ambitions. And ever since COVID, I mean, <laughs> every other month, whether it be a person, whether it be a bill or something of that nature, whether it be just negative energy, has just been gone. It's just been removed. And it's naturally just been removing itself or I'll be enlightened enough to see something or see a situation and speak up, say what I need to say. and be like, all right, this is no longer for me. I gotta go. You go that way, I go this way. No problem, no beef, I'm out. And mm -hmm. I've been focusing on, you know, the podcast because this is like breathing to me. It's so fun, it's natural, it's easy. And the pot and it, I don't know what happened, but I would say August or September, everything just has just boosted through the roof. I've been, the interviews I've been getting, you, you being one of them have just oh. been amazing. Um, my friends are like, more of my friends are listening and say, oh, wait, oh, Rob, you real serious about this podcast. Uh, yeah, I have over 360 episodes, been doing this for a little while. And oh they, yeah, and they reach out and they connect me with people. Mm -hmm. And they say, hey, you should have this person. So I reach out or I see someone like you and I say, oh, let me reach out. Let me see. You know, mm -hmm. so I definitely feel you on uh, COVID, you know, being a blessing for some of us, just giving that time to, <sighs> okay, now I can really rearrange and or reorganize my life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that that's what it was for me. I ha I was already manifesting coming off tour. I was already speaking it into existence, mm -hmm. like. Oh, I'm gonna, th th these are gonna be my last couple of months. These are gonna, and then God just kind of threw everything into play. Like in one week, everything that kind of, I was already like, I wanna do this, this, and this. And it all came from COVID. Congratulations. Go ahead. I was gonna say congratulations on your house and being oh. able to spend time. I did real estate for, well, I'm getting old. I can't remember stuff, I, four years? Um, so I know, I know that process, the work that it goes into and the stress and the inspections and you finally close and you did all this and you picked that house. I know you picked a house and then you didn't even, you ain't even get to enjoy it. So I'm really happy that you got to just. <sighs> I bought the house. I bought the house and I knew I was going to be out on tour. And I said, you know what, God, I'm going to buy this house. And while I'm out on tour, I want it to be a safe haven for artists. Any art, my artist friends that come into town, I want them to be able to have somewhere to be. I'll set up the guest room. It'll be great because it's so hard for people to find housing in LA, especially if you're traveling on a tour. They really bleed you. Like it's so expensive. So um, I, I, I hadn't had that house a month yet. And one of my friends was like, can I stay at your house? And I was like, you absolutely can. And it's February. Can I stay at your house? For you absolutely can. Like, and then... I think I had a subletter in here who was supposed to be here for until September and then COVID hit and he and I were living together, which was weird. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like I can sublet to people, but I'm not looking for like a roommate situation. <laughs> like, right. But he was an artist as well. You know what I mean? Um, and, and, and that happened. I was able to, you know, I, I manifest this being a house for artists. And even now I'm, I'm teaching now. So I've got a whole room set up for, for, for teaching and filming and um, doing all that. So it's just it, it, it's it's just what it is. Things that bring me joy. Things that legit bring me joy. 
That is yes. the key. Invite, invite the them into your life, people. Invite those good things that you want and enjoy. So you have an excerpt for us. I have a bunch. So um, Leslie Odom talks about, uh, it quotes in his book, what step forward did you take for yourself today in the absence of the phone ringing? If you are an actor or an artist, stop waiting for the phone to ring. Stop waiting for somebody to give you something. Stop waiting for somebody to give you a job. Create your own work and it will come. Um, when even success starts to feel like failure, it's time to make some changes. It's not for everybody. Find your happiness, find where you fit, but don't be afraid to say, actually, I thought I loved this, but it's not for me. Be open, be open to change, be open to evolution, is what I got from these quotes. Now you probably can read them. Um, you have the permission to fail. I mean, that's every day with actors. We go on a million auditions all the time and it's okay. You have the permission to fail. Uh, you can do a lot on your own, but no one can do it alone. Mm -hmm. Find people. Find your people who are going to uplift you and be positive and support you. I remember the first time I wanted somebody to edit our treatment for this script. I asked and said, you're my friend. You're in this business. It's great. And I said, hey, can you edit this? And before he would do that, he said, you know how hard it is to get a show sold? I said, get, 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 get. That's negative. Don't, don't come at me with the negativity. Just be my friend and help. <laughs> That's all I need you to right. do. <laughs> people who are fighting for you and believe in what you're doing um and who will fight with you and accountability partners and just create that circle um of love and of light i know it sounds so cliche to say that but it is real you really have to have positive people around you yeah yes yeah so it, it is really important um and then my mom's quote, and I usually hang this on my wall in the dressing room when I would go to uh, different theaters. You are looking at the face of the person who is responsible for your health, your wealth, and your happiness. And that's usually mm -hmm. the so. Say that, say that one more time. You are looking at the face of the person who is responsible for your health, wealth, and happiness. And if you put that on a mirror, it's usually you that's looking back. <laughs> I hope so. I'm responsible. So. Yep. I love yep. that. Yeah. I got one more. I got one more thing for you because um, I think it's important. And first of all, thank you for just so many gems. I cannot wait to listen back and edit this. Oh, my goodness. Uh, <laughs> you have no idea. You talk about being inspired by your family. So I wanted to definitely give you an opportunity to shine some light on them because that is um, a beautiful thing that you have people behind you, especially your family and the field that you're in. Because I know that sometimes, especially in the black community, when you're looking to do something that isn't easy, that it looks seems like everyone is trying to get into, you don't necessarily get the support or the love that you need because they don't think it's possible for you. They love you. They care about you. But they're like, ah, you really going to try to focus your your energy to go to the NFL or NBA or be an actress like you know how hard like kind of like the negativity you're talking about so I'm just glad that they inspired you so much so tell us more about that um my family's amazing I started really young doing this and they were behind me they were the you know my, my mom and dad really like pushed me um, my dad tells a story he says we were out in the pier pier 
Pier 39 out in San Francisco. And back in the day, I was very young. It might have been like the 80s. <laughs> I was really young. Uh, they had these sound booths you can go into and just record a song onto tape. Mm. Oh. Background track, and you can go in and just record songs. And I was like very young, and I went into the sound booth, and but the, the it played out in the on the pier. And so I'm just singing this Whitney Houston song, and my dad says that the entire pier stopped. To listen, I don't. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> from that point on, he knew and understood that I had a gift, and he just did whatever he could. Now, you know, my my parents, my dad was a teacher, my mom was a librarian. Nobody's in the business. They had no idea what they were doing. It was literally fly by the seat of your pants. Ask it. All right. So they just put me in whatever they could put me in to channel whatever it was because I sung all the time. I think I went to Disneyland and I took my Walkman and listened to Whitney Houston the whole time we were at Disneyland. I could have cared less about Disneyland. Love Disney though. Go mm -hmm. Disney. <laughs> I know. We have that in common. I worked for Disney too. <laughs> I, in I interned at Team Disney. Uh, I was a fairy godmother in training and I also worked in the corporate offices. So nice. very cool. The Disney difference, guys. Yeah, I got Disney Plus. The Disney point, yeah. <laughs> it just stays with you. It. it just stays with you. I'm full. I'm full circle with Disney right now. I've worked for their cruise lines, uh, worked for Lion King, and then I'll be working for their theme park soon. Wow. Oh. <laughs> I can edit that out. Don't worry. Yeah. I, I, it's all right. I got the gig. Now we just got to wait for Disneyland to open back up. It's fine. It's okay. <sighs> yes, because I love exclusives. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's all I have for you. Jessica, you have anything else? I do not. I just, it was such an honor talking to you. Uh, thank you for the gems for those that are listening because, like, for you to go grab your book in the middle of it and just want wanting to, like, vibrate higher. Like, Rob, like again being around people that want you to get something like this is um it was a very selfless act and i i just always enjoy these conversations i enjoy um what the, our guests have been bringing to uh the podcast and uh thank you for being light because it's not a it's it, like you said it sounds cliche but to radiate in your own unique light this is not just pick a light, pick off, I mean, and show. It's like to be your authentic self and to show up and to give it what your spice to the table. Um, I think that it's it's a beautiful thing to to watch and be in the presence of. And so I'm always honored, to, like when I get the opportunity for myself and like to experience your light um, and for you to want to share that with uh, our listeners. And so I don't know. I am that one in the group. <laughs> I didn't even, you say I grabbed the book, but I didn't. This is what I used to have up on my dressing room mirror. Wow. Because, because um, oh, I don't even know if you can see that. Now we can see it. There are points where you get so low on tour that you have to find ways to inspire yourself. So I'm really big on quotes. Mm -hmm. That's my life. I have to be looking at it. I have to see it. I have to read it. I have to read it out loud. Um, that's important. Yep. It's, it's really important. Write it down. Write it down. Write it down. There is so much power in writing it down. Let me like 
He's tired of he he's doing that because he's tired of hearing it probably because I am such a believer in the power of manifestation and when you write something down you have just it is your your wand like we're all looking for the magic wand and your pen is your wand whatever you want in life write it down When I wrote this it says I started fighting for my vision my dreams my ideas my destiny. Some fights are not worth your time. Choose what you fight for wisely. This mm. is something that I had to remind myself every day. Mm. Everything right. is not a fight. Or, or what am I fighting for? Right. Wow. And those are, those are the big things. You reserve your energy. Yeah. Like you have to reserve your energy for those things because they consume you. Being a creative, being an entrepreneur, being a person with vision, you are consumed by those things and it takes so much energy to take an idea and to and to create out of it like the physical manifestation of it and that's so much energy that you can't really spend it like we we have a limited amount of capacity and so you can't spend it in these areas dealing with everybody else's stuff like you have to cut it and snip it and you have to you have to reserve your energy going back to what you said about your voice like for the most important thing and this is the thing that i'm passionate about this is the thing that brings me joy and so this is where i have to give all of my energy to because those other things while they may my ego may be like wanting to get involved into it like it really doesn't serve me and, and that is that's just it in a nutshell so yeah. what Rob <laughs> he always gives me this like look I'm, I'm saving something for you um, okay. I'm saving something for you I'm very proud of you right now just okay okay um, okay <laughs> so <laughs> Shantae thank you so 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 much for joining us um Thank you for sharing so much with everyone. Do you have any parting words? Um, shout out your social media, things of that nature. I'll make sure I put it in the uh, description as well. Please, please, please follow me at I am Shantae Carmel. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's it. Um, Y'all already know FME underscore podcast on Instagram. Join the From My Experience podcast group on Facebook. Like the Facebook page. Don't forget about our affiliates, Gardner's Garden, Acre Gold, Retro Mimi, and Black Water. And just, I want to just encourage you all to continue to take care of yourself mentally, physically, and financially. And we will take care of y'all. We'll see y'all next time. Peace. Peace.